What a beauty! Hey community and welcome back to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast for some more off-season content. I am Lekdog and I'm joined by the best in the West, Damo. Damo, how are you? Lekdog, I'm doing well, doing well. There's a lot happening at the moment, Damo. The draft is inching ever, ever so close. It's, uh, how far away is it, Damo? It's, it's, it's not far off. Just over a week away, so we're recording this on a Sunday. It's on Monday the 28th is the first round. Yeah, well, uh, that's always hits me in the in the bloody guts when you go, I'm so excited for the draft. Oh, we're only doing five picks. The rest will be tomorrow. Sucked in. And if it's anything like last year, the first round will go for three hours for no reason, and then the, and then the second third fourth fifth round will pretty much be an entire night's broadcast and send everyone covering it to, to sleep but i digress demo because it's still exciting we've got plenty of content we've got your annual phantom draft on the jock reynolds platforms coming up which will be live on twitch demo do we know at this stage when that is or do we want not want to commit to a time november 27th at 3.30 Melbourne time. So we'll put the details of that below. Keep an eye on our socials. Demo, before we get into the second part of the AFL depth charts slash rookie priced player hunt, a couple of pieces of news have dropped this week. The most recent, just before we came on to record this, that Fisher Macasey or Fisher Macasey, I never know how to pronounce his name, is taking some leave of absence to for mental health reasons, Damo, which um, I'm not sure where we had him in the depth charts, but I don't think he was terribly high for Adelaide, was he? No, we had him behind Nick Murray as a key defender depth player. So all the best to him. Hopefully you can sort that out. The other piece of news, which which is exciting, uh if the right discounts get applied, Damo, is Connor McKenna signing with the most boring team he could sign with Brisbane Lions? Yeah, and if he gets the discounts that he should be getting, as you said, um, he should come in at about 170, 160K, but who knows what position he will get in Supercoach and whether he will actually get those discounts. I mean, if he gets the discounts, you almost have to just pick him. He's never been a super prolific scorer. I think his best season was 2019. He's averaged about, seven, I think it was 79.9 or something like that, Damo. But at 170K, he's one of those guys we'll just have to pick. They're bringing him in, you'd assume, to play. Daniel Rich, Kitty Coleman, Connor McKenna, probably those three running players. They start and then probably, depends who you ask, but in my eyes, probably bad news for Darcy Wilmot, who we were very excited for in the last podcast. 
But it also depends where they see McKenna playing, regardless of whether he's a defender or a forward or a midfielder in Supercoach. He has wanted to play as a small forward sort of role when he was at Essendon and was and was denied it basically because they were stacked up that part of the ground. Now, Brisbane aren't stacked up that end, end of the ground. So maybe he is going to be someone that comes in, plays a forward type role, and Darcy Wilmot remains an option. Yeah, well, that would be best case scenario because then you'd have a rookie priced forward who just, you know, you probably wouldn't pick him just for fear of that having a bad role, but definitely would make Wilmot an option. Damon, today we're going to go through the rest of the teams, but before we do, we have an ad read from our lovely sponsors over at Manscaped. Santa baby, I only have one wish this year. All I want this holiday season is for my man to have smooth jingle balls. Thankfully, Manscaped answered my call with the performance package 4.0 so I don't have to find Santa's beer in my man's pants again. Ladies, this holiday season, get your man products that will actually get him smooth and clean. Their all-new body buffer does just that. It's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin and balls this holiday season. So go to manscaped.com and use code JOCK. J-O-C-K, for 20% off and free shipping. <laughs> David, this is supposed to be... Uh, this This ad reads called Female Host Sexual. <laughs> so some of the talking points include, girls, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of finding a bush when I go down on my man's chimney. And hairy jingle balls are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Uh, I encourage everyone out there to, to purchase it using... The code JOCK, J-O-C-K, get 20% off at free shipping with code JOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code JOCK, J-O-C-K, naughty or nice. Manscaped is the number one gift on Santa's lift list. Damo, do you think I pulled off the host sexy female enough? Well, you're the sexiest girl I know. <laughs> All right, let's talk some AFL super coach demo we poured over the lists again started to put together our depth charts and trying to identify rookie priced players that we can select in super coach this year hawthorne was first demo hawthorne is first and the first name that sticks out is cooper stevens 188k will likely slot into a midfield spot vacated by tom mitchell and jager o'meara 188k, he's someone to definitely think about when you're putting your team together when the team picker releases probably in a couple of months from now. One guy, Damo, that is just a bit out of this price range, but I think is going to be, uh, well, maybe not directly competing, but in that inside mid mix is, is James Warple. So I think between the two of them, Cooper Steams or James. Cooper Stevens or J- James Warple, we will find someone who's affordable. Of course, Warps has never lived up to that second season. Uh, that he, he, I think he pumped out like an average of 90. But anyway, Cooper Stevens at 180K is interesting to me, Damo. And the other thing is they have no depth in their general defenders. So we've got Blake, Hardwith, Blake Hardwick 
CJ Jath, Jack Scrimshaw, and Will Day all starting in their 22. But if one of them was to go down, they don't really have anyone behind them to come in. And considering the Hawks are entering a development year, you would assume, given who they traded out, any rookies drafted are a chance to get an extended run. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to look at these rookies. It's a new sort of Mitchell's been in the role now. It's kind of now he's him and his crew are driving this. Uh, there's a couple of players on their list that uh, were might be cheapish, but I just don't think are going to get a look in. I think yeah, definitely if they draft some general defenders, if they draft maybe uh maybe another key defender, he can improve. Heading into the preseason, even key forwards, Damo, they don't have many on this list. So I think you're right. I think whoever they draft is going to have an opportunity to play. And we saw that last year with uh, Connor McDonald and the other player whose name escapes me. Josh Ward. Josh Ward. So they're willing to give him a go. Absolutely. And... Yeah, they're lacking depth in their key forwards department. So if they draft a key forward, he's a chance. But they've also got Emerson Jecker, who is sort of coming through the race and had a really good VFL season. And who knows what they do with the likes of Sam Butler, Tyler Brockman, even Jai Sarong, if they get more opportunities. And they should still probably be rookie-priced or close to rookie-priced at um, the beginning of next season. All right, let's move on, Demo, because honestly, Hawthorne, we just need to see who they draft before we can make some calls on where these rookies might come from from them. Yeah, absolutely. And we move on to Melbourne, and the first name that sticks out right at the top, key forward, Jacob Van Rowan at 123K. We actually decided that he's ahead of Tom McDonald or Ben Brown. Whoever they decide gets that spot. And, well, news out during the week that Ben Brown was going to have a delayed start to the preseason probably puts Tom McDonald and Jacob Van Ruin ahead of Ben Brown now. Yeah, I look, I, th- I think so. A lot of the mock drafts, including one that I did recently, Damo, uh, on Pommy in Oz, the YouTube channel, uh, remind me, we had the this quotation mark, second best key forward going to Melbourne. Remind me of his name. Matthew Jefferson. Matthew Jefferson. I've seen quite a few drafts that have him going there as well. So might potentially have even another option to look at. But I really like Jacob Van Ruin this year. He's kicking bags in the VFL. He's going to be up and down in terms of scoring. But as a, as a rookie option in a team that, let's be honest, doesn't have a lot of those aged players, I think he's got a real opportunity, a real void of significance to fill heading into this season. Yeah, I think Van Royen will get um, an opportunity ahead of Matthew Jefferson. Jefferson's still a skinny lad, so if they do end up drafting him, he will probably have to spend a year in the VFL developing his frame and his game. Around the other parts of the ground, they're pretty set. They're pretty set. There's not a lot of players who are rookie-priced who could possibly come through the ranks, to be honest. Yeah, look, they probably lack a little bit of depth in general to defenders, and this is going to sound silly. They lack depth in the ruck department, but when you have Max Gore Brody Grundy, David, it doesn't really matter if you've got depth there or not. There is a chance they could both go down, but then you've got Tom McDonald who, who can have a have a go in there. Like, they're not too worried about that. Um, 
heading into this draft, they got 13, 37, and 90. So they're probably in a position where they can take a couple of projects. And I think that's why people have Jefferson going to them because they like a little bit of depth of that department, but also they don't need him to come and play this year. A lot of the teams picking early in this draft do need instant impact. The one thing about Melbourne's team is someone usually sneaks in. Um, so pre-season reports will be massive to keep an eye on. There is a chance that Bailey Laurie can sneak his way in. Who knows what happens with Kate Chandler, their options. And Blake Howes is another one that had some big raps on him in his draft year. Slid a little bit, I think picked him up in the 30s or 40s eventually, but he was one that was being talked about as a surprise first round selection late last year. So he's another one to potentially keep an eye on. Well, I, I remember all the hype around him. I wasn't as into last year's draft as I got into this year's draft, but I remember the, the hype around him and then he slipped to Melbourne and everyone lost their mind because, of course, of course, Melbourne got him. It kind of reminds me of back when, was it Richmond got Jack Higgins and he, he was like the highest rated player by champion data in that draft and no one wanted to pick him up because he was small and maybe personality or whatever. So, yeah, Blake House, if he can get a, a look in in that team is another one I, I could call, Damo. Let's move on to North Melbourne. So they're pretty uh, – we say they're pretty settled, but we did have a hard time – stick in their best 22 on a pe- on a bit of paper. Um, so you, literally anyone who this team drafts is probably going to get a game. You'd think so. But Will Phillips sticks out as one that's going to be in their 22, possibly, to, and, and will get good opportunities, possibly. It is Alistair Clarkson in charge. 183K if he gets his full discount. Will play a midfield role next to Cunnington, Simpkin, and Davies Uniac. I think he's one that we could probably pick and then watch in the preseason. Yeah, I think he should be someone we're all looking at. He's missed time. He had glandular fever, all that. Assuming he's over that, he's certainly a player that will be at a hell of a lot of teams. Obviously, in their offseason, they went and grabbed a couple of mature age guys. They grabbed Tucker. They grabbed Logue. I suspect, I'm, I still think they're going to grab a couple more, um, maybe from the delisted free agency pile. We'll see how that goes. But heading into this draft demo, they have picks 2, 3, 23, 40. So all four of those picks have value uh, in terms of, of getting a player who could play this year, and then 70 and 77. So it's interesting to see what Clarko wants to do because if he brings in a couple of mature ages, particularly if they're drafted mature ages, they're going to be absolute locks. And there's there's a few names floating around. Um, I think, is it Ed Phillips? Is that the correct name I'm thinking of? Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips. Sorry, I'm really bad Ma- with first names. Ethan Ma- Phillips is one. Yep. That- Mature age key defender from Port Melbourne, 23 years old. Plays a little bit like Griffin Logue, to be honest. So if they draft him, they'll have two for the price of one almost. But um, yeah, he's an option going around. And if they do draft... Ethan Phillips, maybe they will continue with Ben Mackay playing forward. And we should note that in their key forwards, we've got Cameron Zerha and Jack Zebel, who definitely mm. aren't key forwards. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But we had to fit him in somewhere. Uh, 
I also just wanted to, to, to note, Damo, that they did actually make a trade North Melbourne during since our last podcast. They traded uh, pick 43 for a future fourth-round selection tied to Hawthorne. They said pick 43 to Fremantle. I don't understand this at all from their perspective. I know they're not going to use pick 43 or whatever, but surely you can get better value than that, than a future fourth. By the sounds of it, they wanted to do the trade to get ahead of a bid on Cooper Harvey. Right, 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 right. So Cooper Harvey, how does it work with Father Sons now if a, if a bid comes? It's just match the bid, isn't it? It's just match the bid. Yeah, and that they're definitely going to take him. Um, I know earlier in the year there were some question marks over whether he was good enough, blah, 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 but they are absolutely going to take the punt on him. Hundred percent, yeah. And what's funny is Fremantle have been linked with making a bid themselves, so it would be funny if they <laughs> bid I'd with pick forty three. I would love that. Well, North. So basically, at the moment, we've got Will Phillips really high on our list. But once again, this is another team. Whoever they draft, because we want to see what Clarko and his team, what how they want to take the direction of this club. Is it load up on youth? Is it get some ready-made players? Is it a combination of both? Whatever it is, I suspect Clarko's going to bring players in and he's going to play them. Port Adelaide. Time to talk about Port Adelaide, Damo. This was a fun one because they actually have some... They've got 22 really good players that you can build into a a best 22, but you have to be kind of flexible. So in the offseason, they brought in guys like Willie Rowley, Jason Horn francis who we've listed as general forwards. Uh, so you'd say key forwards and general forwards are locked. Inside mids, Wines, Boat, Rosie, Drew, they'll probably play pretty much every game. And then the outside mids where we got a little bit creative, Dersma, Bonner, Sam Powell, Pepper, general defenders, Burton, Burn Jones, Houston, but there's room for those players to all mix around. Key defenders as well, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Tom Jonas, Trent McKenzie, and Ruckman, Scott Lysette. Like, there's a lot of really good players, but when you put them onto paper, I'm left thinking, geez, there's some opportunities here if they bring in some either mature age players or you know, do some do some messing around with trading and bring in some picks for this year. And Ken Hinckley has shown in the past that if he has a role for someone, regardless of their experience, they will get backed in. They won't fall out of the team after one bad game. So there's a chance that someone like a Josh Sin could possibly come in and he'll be 123K and take that a role on the wing or across halfback or, or something like that and, and hold down the role for at least a few weeks before the experiment is, is, is abandoned. Yeah, and they bought across Frankie Evans from Geelong as well as a delisted free agent. So you'd assume that that's his, they haven't just bought him across for the hell of it. There, there must be some plan around how they use him going forward. And heading into the draft, they've got picks 33, 60, and 84. We've got question marks over their Ruckman, which is funny because they've got Lysette, Hayes, and Tekel. But I don't think... I like Lysette, and I think he will be their number one Ruckman. But Hayes and Tekel, I think... I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them pick up maybe maybe one of those South Australian Sandfall mature age key forward slash Ruckman type players that are floating around out there, which would be a, a close watch for me. 
if we move on to Richmond, we don't really need to talk about Richmond. They're not going to be all that. They're not going to be the fountain of youth for us in 2023. They, they've got a pretty solid side together now. They've brought in Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper, and they've got Rewalt, Lynch, Bolter, Tarrant, Grimes, Gibkiss. Tyler Zonzi played more games than people probably realize. Hugo Ralph Smith played more games than people probably realize. Noah Cumberland came out of nowhere. He's They've got a team that they've reloaded, and I think they're going to go try and go the, the whole way in 2023 to try and win a fourth premiership in, what, six years, seven, seven years. Yeah. Uh, look, the one question mark might be over their ruck stocks. They've got Nank and Soldo, but they've got... You know, they've got guys that can pinch in and do so in the forward line, your lynches and your Ewalds or whatever. But heading into this draft, pick-wise, Damo, they don't have much, 53, 63, and 88. They bought in those gun mids. What would be interesting for me, Damo, like, I don't think there's a rookie option unless they go crazy on some supplementary, whatever it is, selection period player. What's more interesting about this team is how the additions of Taranto and... Um, Hopper affect the positions of players like Jaden Short or Daniel Rioli or Shea Bolton. Like, and that's probably a discussion for another podcast. So I think in terms of looking for rookie price players, there's not a hell of a lot on this list. The one player that you may, may be able to look at is Jacob Bauer, who they picked up in the mid-season draft. He, he was picked up as a potential long-term replacement for Jack Revolt. Had a ga- had a great VFL end of the season to the VFL. Kicked bags and bags of goals, similar to Jacob Van Ruin. We've put Jack- Noah Bolter as a key forward, but there's every chance that Noah Bolter actually swings backwards and they give an opportunity to, the- to-, to this guy. But he'd be the kind of rookie that you'd only select if there was literally no one else to select. Yeah, and you know, you'd you'd struggle to see him sticking around for more than a couple of weeks. Um, they'll probably ruin him, play him in the last three weeks of the season, and then we won't be able to pick him next the year after. Let's talk Saint Kilda, and it's I actually just have received a text from Mardo on the website, who says outlandish early super coach call Machito Owens. Now Machito Owens doesn't fit into the price range we're looking at, but there you go. There's a little a little. Tid- tidbit from the man himself, Mardo, who's you know in a sanctum of St Kilda Football Club, says, "Watch out for Machito Owens." But Damo, we have no idea what this team is going to look like. We've got Ross the boss coming in. We've got all the all the old players used to play under him coming back as coaches. We don't know what he's going to do if he's going to play to win straight away, play only mature age players, bring Stephen Milne out of retirement, or if he's going to continue with I uh, guess what they started, which is drafting the best available player and putting games into them. It's really hard to say. Yeah, and we've got a note down the side of the 22 that says, is any of this locked for Ross? So um, we don't know how he's going to line the team up. We don't know if Jack Sinclair is going to keep his role across halfback. We don't know if Jack Steele is going to stay in the middle. He probably will. We don't know where Jade Gresham's going to end end up. He might want Jake, Jade Gresham to, to play forward again. None, none of this is locked in because we don't know how Ross the boss is going to tune this team. The one area that they definitely do need 
to draft for, though, is they don't really have a Ruckman behind Rowan Marshall besides Max Heath. And Max yeah. Heath is still developing. So They've got, like, Jack Hayes if he's healthy and he could pinch it, but I don't think he's your... I don't think he's the answer in that part of the ground. Yeah, if honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they do pick up a mature age Ruckman from somewhere to sit behind Rowan Marshall, if not work in tandem with him, similar to the way that Paddy Ryder did, which we're not talking about Rowan Marshall at the moment because we're talking about rookies, but that would be catastrophic for Rowan Marshall's Supercoach stocks. It would. They've got picks 9, 28, 32, 47, and 85. They're basically just going to take the best available player at each of those picks, or that's what I would be doing if I was them. They would absolutely love to get Cam McKenzie through the door, who is a part of their uh, uh, NGA. He may go a pick before. If he gets there, he's one that I'm very excited to watch. But on the current list of players, Damo, we've just got one that's rookie price that we might look at. Oh, I've put a, a note here as well that Liam Socker's training with them. I don't think that has super coach relevance, just noting that. But Jack Bytel, Damo, at 183k. And he kind of fits the mould of the type of player that Ross Lyon likes to play. So he was a big fan of Mitch Croden. He was a big fan of Lockie Neal at Fremantle. He was a big fan of those sorts of nuggety-type midfielders nuggety type forwards, Hayden Ballantyne, you know. So there's every chance that Bytel sort of gets himself a fan in Ross and Ross fits him in, but who misses out? Who knows? Um, I think during the year on Channel 9, was it Channel 9 that he was a part of? I, I know that he was a major critic of Zach Jones. So who knows if Zach, if, if Zach Jones gets the opportunities that um, we think he will. Who knows with Ross the boss, but let's watch who they draft. I reckon at least with those first couple of picks, they, they're going to put games into them. Um, you know, is Ross the boss going to want to watch Mason Wood run on the wing every game next year? I don't know. He did it well, but I don't know. Let's move on. St. Kilda is, is it's exciting in terms of watching who they're going to draft, but it's not so interesting in terms of already discounted players. Let's move on to the Sydney Swans demo. And this is a very good team. Guess what? They played in a grand final a couple of months ago. It's hard to actually remember that given the result, but the only slight asterisk of maybe question mark would be the inside mids Luke Parker Chad Warner Callum Mills and we've got then like Angus Sheldrick as, as depth but other than that this team is stacked we've just, their best 22 is essentially the 22 that went out there on grand final day yeah and and to be fair to Sydney and Geelong to be Geelong played incredibly in that grand final but Sydney that experience from that grand final will boost Sydney up further than people think. So I think if they back in the 22 that they backed in for 20, uh, backed in the 22 again, they should reach similar heights. I don't know if they get to the grand final again, but they should be a very powerful team once again in 2023. 
like you said, their midfield may be lacking someone. So who knows if Isaac Heaney gets a bit of a boost and moves into the midfield. But um, yeah, they're, they're a pretty impressive team. We, what we do know is that they do like to give their rookies an opportunity, or at least they have for the past couple of years. Maybe that attitude shifts slightly given their how they performed last year. But we saw guys like Angus Sheldrick get games. We saw Sam Wicks when he was drafted get games. You know, Obviously, Warner and Goulden and all that played a hell of a lot of games as well. So they do back them in when they get them. This year, they've got picks, well, currently, picks 14, 17, 42, 75, and 93. So 14 and 17. And I'm relatively convinced that they will combine those and try and move up the order. So if that happens, just pick whoever they pick because he's going to play. If it doesn't happen, 14 and 17, they take that to the draft. Maybe slightly more question marks over whether those players get into this team. But certainly, Damo... If someone looks good in preseason, we know that Horse will back him in. Absolutely. And fingers crossed, a Will Girl debut finally in 2023. Well, it's hard to debut someone who doesn't actually exist. The West Coast Eagles. We've identified a few players. We kind of stretched our rule here a little bit because there's a couple of guys floating just above what you what we are calling rookie price, which is 220K. So a couple of guys we'll touch on. But the first one we want to talk about, um, which we think is the best 22 player this year, is Campbell Chesser, Damo. Yeah, and I think he would have been best 22 or played most games in the 22 in 2022 if he was fit. But obviously he did an ankle in the preseason that started to to cotton wool him for the season and build him up for 2023. They even traded, uh, I think they traded up for him as well. So he uh, he's someone who they obviously rate quite highly and 123K, hopefully he keeps his defender status because we know defensive rookies are hard to find, but um, he's one that I think they will give plenty of opportunities to. No, I we sort of had a look at their list. We think there might be opportunities for players to go play in that general forward line and maybe outside mid and maybe a combination of that. And the most likely candidates for me are probably the players that they look at with their with their draft selections. So they got pick 8, 12, 20, and 26. If they take any rookies, uh, I'm sorry, if they take any midfielders in those positions and we see them line up early across the forward line, floating through the midfield as well in the preseason, they're going to be the ones that I target. as this Because this team, it, it is rebuilding. Um, it has to. And there's not a lot of depth in those positions. Some of their better players are still their, their 30-plus in terms of age players. Breaking the rules a little bit, Damo, there's two other names on this list that we've sort of cheekily snuck in because we wanted to talk about. Do you want to take us through those two? So in the forward line, Oscar Allen should be 242k, assuming he receives full discount for missing last season. He's going to play every game that he's available. And I think even though he's a key forward, he is not the type of key forward who sits in the forward line and does nothing when the ball's not with him. So I think he's going to be a viable option. And the other one is um, Dom Sheed. Considering he didn't play that many games and missed most of last season, 
he should come in at a price of 255k in the midfield. Which, and he's going to play, right, if he's fit. So that's what makes him, maybe he's more of a mid-pricer, and we'll probably touch on him in a mid-pricer pod as well. But he's someone we've got our eye on. In terms of depth, the only other player we've got listed here is Greg Clark, who should come in at about 220k. He was great in that first game that he played, but then he didn't really set the world on fire like we thought he would. But you'd assume the more he plays in that AFL system, the more he'll pick up the pace. So 220k, someone to keep an eye on. And possibly the best player of this whole whole second half at the Western Bulldogs. This is so exciting, Damo. I have so many stocks of this man, and I'm, I just want them to finally pay off. Talking about the Western Bulldogs, we're of course talking about Toby McLean, who will come in priced at $199,000. This is a guy who once averaged about, I think, uh, I'll bring it up exactly, but about 90, 90 plus in his best ever season. He's been a fan favorite of the Jock Reynolds crew for a long time. We just want to see him succeed and healthy, and now he has an opportunity to do it as a rookie prize player, a la... Stephen Ganigliog, Will Brody, etc. from 2022. Absolutely. And we've also noted down that Western Bulldogs probably lack a bit of depth in their inside mids. So if they draft a mature ager, like they did with Robbie McComb, Anthony, uh, Anthony Scott, he could possibly come straight into the team. I don't know who he pushes out. We haven't gone that far and worked that out yet, but... He- he is someone who the team could definitely look at a mature ager that they draft. And whoever they take with pick 11 as well, you'd have a big watch on as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they shuffle the pieces with Dunkley leaving. But I think definitely definitely, if they bring in any mature ages, they're one to look, look at. I've just put up McLean's numbers, by the way. Uh this is year by year, average 63, 70, 85.5, 94.7, 60, games only in 2021, and then obviously no games in 2022. But he did play in a final, didn't he? In uh, the elimination final, and he tunned up. He tunned up. He was really, really good in that... Um that elimination final against Fremantle. He was a tackling machine. He ended up with, so 21 disposals and nine tackles in that game for 100 points, um, 100 super coach points. So he's he's someone who, if he's going to come in and be an absolute tackling machine, he's going to be really good for our super coach teams, especially at 199K. He's also a restricted free agent at the end of next year. So he will be essentially playing for, both his career, but also potentially a bit of a payday. So he's the most exciting one, isn't he? Most exciting one, especially of this second of this second part anyway. Yeah, so outside of McLean, we're just looking at who they take with 11 and if they pick up essentially an inside mid that's a mature edge because we know that they'll, they'll back him in. We've got Anthony Scott in this best 22. I think, personally, I think his skill set's replaceable. So... I kind of want them to bring someone in and, and play him ahead of him because it'd be good for Supercoach. But, yeah, no, very exciting stuff from the Bulldogs. And, Damon, that brings us to the end of our rookie-priced 
players. And we actually missed a name when we were talking about Hawthorne. Hit me with it. They signed oh, Fergus yes, Green as a delisted free agent. This guy kicked something like 57 goals in 16 games or something. So he is someone, and he's going to come in at rookie price. So Fergus Green, uh, did he used to play for the Bulldogs? He played for the Bulldogs. He played one game, but like ages and ages ago. So it shouldn't affect his price coming into this season so far away from when he last played AFL. Yeah, we uh we actually messaged each other and said don't forget Fergus Green and we forgot Fergus Green, but that's the other one. Yeah, they didn't sign him for for no reason. Mature age goal kicker brought in probably to replace Jack Gunston. Yep, no, he'll be another good addition to our watch list. Stay tuned, community. Plenty of stuff to come around the draft and plenty. I'm sure BBL stuff to come. In fact, Damo, I think there might be a sneaky little BBL piece of content uh, that's being made today. Yeah, so just before we recorded this, I recorded another um, round the wicket with Azza. So that will be up. In fact, it's probably already up, to be completely honest, if you're listening to, to this. So you can go and check that out as well. And we've got lots of content coming out over the next few weeks. Dill's going to release his Cheapies Bible. Um Azza is going to be releasing an injury list and a a player availability list. We've got a fixture guide coming. It's going to be all very exciting leading up to the beginning of the BBL season and Supercoach BBL. Yep, so even if you don't know anything about the BBL, go sign up. We'll have a group out there. You can join the group, compete with us, have some fun. It's a good way to get to know the players. At least that's what I use it for. I um. I don't even have a team, but I watch more BBL than ever before, thanks to the work that Damo and Azza do. So let's get into it. Thank you again, Damo, for joining. Thanks, Lek. Go lose.